Real Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. And welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio, where you're a humble, happy host, broadcasting live from very hot Austin, Texas. Julie, welcome to today's radio show. Thank you, and it is very hot when the squirrels start laying out in the shade on the cement, you know that it's crossed the line. So that's all right. We'll put water out for them and all will be well. Yes, that's right. Listeners, you heard it correctly. Julie literally put a water bowl out in our backyard for the squirrels. (laughs) And they use it, exactly. Um, So we are going to be uh, picking up where we left off last week and these points were very well received by all of you guys we appreciate the great feedback remember you can always email julie or i or and i at uh, tim at tim and julie com or julie at tim and julie com. julie do you have any emails or anything else because i wanted to share with them an article actually on inman some little uh feedback on an article that was is getting a lot of hype no on let's do inman that that, that sounds good okay all right so there is an article uh written by teak wiggins who is a fantastic writer. You guys should read this, Son Inman. And it talks it talks about uh teams. In particular it talks about the fact that a lot of states are starting to go after um the you know various teams because they think it's creating confusion in the consumer's mind between, you know, whether or not like what a consumer who's the broker or who's the this, who's that, who's the other thing. You know, it's something that in many states, well, Ohio, where Julie and I sold real estate, it was called prominence. And, then they, you know, I don't know if that was the actual legal term for it, but that's what the agents called it, it was the prominence law. And a lot of people on Inman uh, in particular are really panicking because those with teams have spent, and I get it, hundreds of thousands of dollars branding a team name. So what South Carolina has done is it's passed this law, and by the way, it's one of many states that are either passed or passing similar laws where the team itself can't use any even remotely related real estate terms in its name. So it couldn't be like, for example, the Tim and Julie Harris real estate team or you know, Realty and just all kinds of different things. So you'd have to basically, if you had a team, you couldn't make it sound even remotely like a brokerage in the in its actual name. Hopefully that's clear enough. But if not, I think you guys will understand after I give my description. So when Julie and I sold real estate, Ohio had a law uh, rule, well, as a law that basically said it was in you know advertising that your your name, your your actual individual agent name, and or if you had a team, couldn't be more prominent than the broker's name. Okay, what does prominence mean? Well, according to Ohio, because it was kind of frankly, not that clear, but in Ohio, you know, essentially your name could not be, or uh, your team's name could not be any physically larger on, say, for example, for sale sign. So at the time, Julie and I were REMAX agents, and so REMAX had to be the same, if not more prominent than our name, right? And so prominence also could have to do with colors. Prominence could have to do with all kinds of things, however they decide to interpret it when you're, you know, basically it's a panel of folks and they look at it and they say well is this thing more prominent than that thing they don't get out measuring sticks they don't start measuring you know the sizes of fonts it's you know kind of you know i don't know how you guys can kind of interpret that rule as you want and i think um so one side of it is as well you know the uh, division of real estates are trying to protect consumers from being confused and if they have a problem or a complaint they need to know that basically they can go directly to the broker and you know people are being confused that the teams aren't brokerages and all of that okay i'll buy that 
But the other side of it is as well, it's the old school real estate companies and brokers and all that that are trying to, you know, minimize the effects of teams because really, and this is true, if you form a really well-functioning team, it doesn't take long before you have all kinds of leverage over your broker to the point where you could just easily, you know, pick up shop and go to another broker or start your own office. And so the, the theory is that the old school guard in South Carolina and other states are trying to essentially pass these draconian laws that will prevent that from happening, you know, essentially creating competition or at least making it so the brokerage is loose or leverage over agents. So all these things are true. Let's just assume they are. And I'll put this in the big bucket of who cares. doesn't matter. Because as individual agents, I know we have a lot of teams listen. If you guys are, you know, frankly, getting mired in all this BS about these changes that are inevitably going to happen across the country, you're going to really miss the opportunity to, you know, maybe look at this as an opportunity for you to rebrand. So I'll give you an example of what Julie and I did. When we started selling real estate, now remember we started selling real estate basically in our 20s, you know, more or less right out of college and now we're in our 40s. And, you know, so this is forever ago. But when we started selling real estate, we called ourselves Team Harris. Now, um, you know, that was, well, that was okay. It was, it, was, it was effective, and we certainly ran afoul of this law and learned very, you know, uh, learned exactly what the whole prominence thing meant and how to make it so we weren't skirting it and all the rest of it. So we, we followed it. But then we eventually basically rebranded ourselves. And for those of you guys who are in the situation now where you're having to rename yourselves, you know, you're saying, for example, you know, it's Bill and Susie Smith real estate team and your individual, you know, your state's division of real estate is saying, no, no, well, just rebrand it, you know, remove the word real estate, put in the word family. So, you know, Bill and Susie Smith uh, family team, that's fine. And also there's no downside. And this is where I see this in Austin all the time. You'll drive past a real estate sign, and you'll see the team's name. And then way, way, way bottom at the bottom, there'll be uh, the Keller Williams brokerage name or whatever brokerage name that they're associated with. I, don't, I, don't, I get the fact that you guys want to create your own branding, and I get the fact that you, know, you want to have all that. But really, at the end of the day, the broker's brand probably does nothing more than to enhance uh, your own individual brand. It doesn't take away from it. It's just co-branding is the way to think of it. So, yeah, these rules, they aren't necessarily even-handed, but don't worry about it. Who cares? Remember, you've got to do what's best for the consumers, and, you know, in, this, in these particular cases, this is just all semantics. So don't get mired in it. But do read the article because Teak did a great, great job of explaining all the intricacies that are happening around the country. Um, just bottom line, is there is definitely organized efforts to essentially, as that says in the article, crack down on teams' independence from the traditional brokerage model. So be aware that that's happening. If you're in a state where your state hasn't started talking about all this, assume they're going to. And if I were you, if I were coaching you, I would strongly encourage you to get way ahead of it and get all your stuff rebranded so that you're not having to do it last minute as the folks in South Carolina are for or fear of getting your licenses suspended. I mean, this stuff is pretty ugly if you let it be. So just things to keep in mind. Um, so, Julie, uh, we did have yeah. some a lot of great feedback on this topic. Did that surprise you? Um, no, I think that this is one of those things. You know, our, we're, again, we're going back to 15 crazy obvious truths that we forget too quickly. And, you know, I think it's because as agents and brokers, they get into the weeds quite a bit between transactions and getting busy and having more escrows. Some of our, many of our coaching clients have more escrows pending right now than they ever have had in their lives. So that's why I titled this Things That We Forget Too Quickly. I mean, how many coaching calls can you reflect on where, he, where the agent was struggling, but it's because they had forgotten things that kept them on the right path, 
because they're too busy, because they're in the weeds, they're in the thick of it, they're burned out, they need a vacation, whatever. It's not that you guys don't know this stuff. It's that when you get busy, stressed out, sick, whatever, you can forget the things that kept you on the right path. And many of these things are thoughts and things to implement and ways to live your life that got you here in the first place. So I think that it contributes to sometimes going from feast to famine and occasionally, you know, we'll have a new coaching client that says, you know, I've just been off my game for so long, I need a coach to get me back on track. Um, you know, this comes up on our essentials calls a lot, Tim, where agents kind of were in it and they're cranking it and doing really well, and then they kind of lose their way. So that leads me back to these things that you can live by, 15 crazy obvious truths that we forget too quickly for whatever reason. So. As we're going through the list, I think it would be beneficial for our listeners to just put a star next to something that resonates with you, underline it, and then after the podcast, think about, what am I going to do about this? How am I going to reintegrate this back into my life to keep myself on track? So I guess... This is part three, right, Julie? I, I mean, this is, what's that? Yes, part three. This is part three. Yeah, so guys, just in case we forget, you can go back and listen to any of our past shows at realestatecoachingradio.com, and they're published most days on Inman as well. But just go to realestatecoachingradio.com and listen to past shows so you can listen to part one and two. Um, and as you guys know, we always try to keep everything uh, practical. I mean, Julie and I are constantly reading, listening, just you know, really improving ourselves as much as we can so we can do a great job for you guys. Um, and so one of the things we notice and when we read books, because I think, Julie, right now you and I are listening or reading to three of the same books, is a lot of the authors, they don't make the information practical. So what we do is we like to give you a point, and then we're going to exact, give you exact you know, how to, what you can do with it. So it's not just to think about. It's actually, okay, this is what I can do to apply that point to my life. Um, so, Julie, let's, so point number 11. Point number 11 is a really, really important point. And point number 11 is one of the things that we talk about, I, you know, we talk about frequently because it's one of the most powerful tools you can use in your life to control your mindset Maybe not the word control, but something about having a positive effect on the way you think, and most importantly, the way you feel. So before I tell you guys point number 11, I want you to just keep this thought in mind. Your feelings change constantly. Just listening to the radio show today, your feelings have changed. I mean, really, they change all the time. Now, when you add other inputs, for example, your email, the, you know, if you're driving, as a lot of you guys do, if you're exercising, I mean, just look at how many different influences – that are happening constantly that are changing your emotional state. So accept the fact that you are going to feel constantly under stress or you're going to be, your ego is going to try to make it so you feel constantly under stress. And then what happens is you'll find external things to reinforce it. For example, if you guys wake up and you're feeling stressed because you think about basically, you know, some things that are causing you stress. I don't even like talking like this because I know I'm causing some of you to feel stressed, but that's just making my point. You can put an end to that, you know, we call it circling the toilet bowl. You can put an end to that simply by, and here's point number 11, showing gratitude. Now, showing gratitude is, a, it's, again, it's something you can do in your head. You can journal about this. You can write this down. You can, the goal is for you to come up with three to five things. It doesn't have to be a long, long list. Um, three to five things that you show gratitude for. Now, the challenge is, is don't repeat the things. Because then it just basically, you're not thinking and feeling it anymore. So, for example, this morning, you woke up this morning, and, or you wake up tomorrow morning, and you're wanting to really set your day on a really great you know, setting. You want to make it so your mindset's powerful. You want to make it so you don't just jump back into that toilet bowl and still circle. 
Go and think and almost meditate, concentrate on five things that you're really grateful for. Here, I'll give you the first one. You woke up, right? There's the first one. And then, go, and then think about five things that you're really grateful for. But when the way to make those things real is think about them and then feel the feelings that you have that gives you the gratitude. Now, later in the day, try to come up with other things. Like throughout the day, you're going to be faced with other things that are going to try to challenge your mindset, challenge your positive outlook on life. Pull in that gratitude. Start thinking about Now, if you do repeat some, don't, like, overanalyze it. But if you do have, like, five things you're showing gratitude towards and those are only the five things you ever think about, what's going to happen is you're going to stop feeling the feelings. It's just going to become sort of like repetition. So that's the reason you want to shift around the things you're showing gratitude for. Here's the magic of going through this process. And I challenge all of you guys to do this now. You know, think about two or three things or five things, whatever. Or at least for the sake of the uh, radio show today, think about one thing that, you're, that you're, uh, you're gracious for, the one thing you're thankful for. And when you think of that one thing, right now, I want you, all of you guys to do this. Feel the feelings that come with, you know, that gratitude. Don't just say what it is. Feel it. Just go ahead and do it. Try it just for a second. There you go. Now, here's the thing that happens. And this is, has something to do with brain chemistry. Again, Julie and I are reading books about this so we can be a little more elegant explaining this stuff. Is that what happens is when you're showing gratitude, when you're actually feeling the feelings of uh, gratitude towards something that you truly have gratitude towards, not just something contrived just for the sake of doing the exercise, your ego and the fear and the stress can't coexist. So while you're in a state of gratitude, you literally cannot, those emotions that basically make it so that you're, again, emotionally circling the toilet bowl, they cannot coexist with the thoughts and feelings of gratitude. Experiment with that. Try that. It is an incredibly powerful elixir to the stress of life. Does that make sense, Julie? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I always like to have a couple of quotes to refer to, stuff that we've come across, you know, our saying of it's too soon to tell, and to get yourself, to get yourself back into that feeling of gratitude. I, I revisited one by Marcel Proust. He said, let us be grateful to the people who make us happy. They are the charming gardeners who make our souls blossom. So it can be being grateful for what you said, which I think is great and basic, you know, even opening your eyes in the morning is a good place to start, right? You can be grateful that it's a sunny day. You can be grateful for people, things, situations, and create your list. Epicurus said, do not spoil what you have by desiring what you have not. Remember that what you have now was once among the things that you had only hoped for. So I think that Hmm. that's interesting to to just sort of recalibrate where you are on the day and say, you know what, why am I pining away for this when I've already got that that I used to pine away for last year, right? To just sort of get back in tune with what makes you tick. So if this is resonating with you, just write down simply, point number 11, have an attitude of gratitude even on the toughest, worst days. This is why often with our points when you're dealing with your real estate practice, we always say, depending on what point we're working on it, we typically say take a 30-minute breather before you react. Take a break. Don't just be in it all the time. Take a break. It's okay. Get back to your attitude of gratitude. A lot of our coaching clients, and we talk about this in the essentials class, Tim, they keep a gratitude journal. You mentioned that a couple minutes ago to perhaps journal that. All you have to do is write down two or three things every day. What were the best things that happened today? If you do it in the morning, what were the best things that happened yesterday or this week? I think that's very uh, advantageous on your tough days to crack out that gratitude journal. Remind yourself that things are not so bad. 
we joke sometimes in that class that, you know, when there's an expired listing, it doesn't mean that the person actually died versus if you were a surgeon and had a job like that, expired means dead. Okay. So keep it in perspective. <laughs> You know, there's only things that people think are real estate emergencies. There are no real real estate emergencies when you get down to it. Well, Julie, you you mentioned real estate catching essentials. Yeah, absolutely. That is kind of funny, though. It's true. I mean, you mentioned the word expired to a doctor. That has a totally different connotation than real estate. And yet, real estate agents, they'll react worse than, say, a doctor. Yeah. So, guys, listen. A a lot of you guys are at the point in your careers and the point in the year where you're essentially saying, what's next? You know, you've hit some numbers or you haven't hit some numbers, you're where you want to be, you're not where you want to be. In some cases, a lot of cases, you guys are ahead of where you want to be. Here's the thing I want all of you to internalize. Everything's changing, and not necessarily changing for the worse. So please don't allow your fear to creep in and say change is bad. Change is good as long as you're prepared for the change. You know, there's no question that the economy is shifting. There's no question the housing markets are shifting. It feels different in different parts of the country. I get it. But here it is, guys. I'll tell you the easiest way to know that we're going to be in a recession. Hey, guess what? Every (laughs) roughly seven to ten years, there's a recession. And it's happened like that pretty much forever. And we're now overdue for one. So that's your earliest and easiest predictor of what's to come. I don't know. I mean, really, it's difficult to really know how severe it will be or whatever. But I do know that in any time of change is the greatest opportunity for you to be of service to others and make money, as long as you can, as long as you know what to do. So please don't panic. Please don't think that the only way you can make money in real estate is when the market's going in one direction. The fact is there's always people that will need your help no matter where values are going. Take the next natural step and go ahead and scroll down on your mobile device and fill out that little simple form, your name, your email address, and your phone number, and someone from our team will call you right back. Just by simply filling out that form, guys, we're going to give you those six free books. They'll be emailed to you, digitally emailed to you. And these books, yes, you can go and buy them on Amazon if you'd like. I mean, I would appreciate it if you would, but you don't have to because <laughs> we'll just give you the books, including Think and Grow Rich for Real Estate, including the Real Estate Treasure Map, including your 12-monthly generation plan and the other books as well. So go ahead and just fill out that form. And we'll email those books to you. And when you do, you're going to learn about our coaching program. And the coaching program is uh, called Real Estate Coaching Essentials. And the best thing about Essentials is it's a real live coaching program. Yes, I'll say that again. You get a coach. You get a private coaching call a month. You get four semi-private coaching calls per month. You get everything as part of Real Estate Coaching Essentials, all the books, the presentations. Everything is included. Best price, or I'm sorry, best, uh, best thing about this. It's the price. It's only $99. It's like $99.13 a month if you use the student approval program. And every single one of you are pre-approved to be part of this program, no matter whatever your past situation is, your past circumstances, or your credit. Every single one of you can get approved for this program. All you got to do is talk with one of our um, team members, and they'll get you in. Guys, no strings attached. This is how it works. There's no surprises. There's no, oh, but also. There's no, you know, nothing. This is it. It's less than $100 per month. It's a complete coaching program. So for whatever comes next and whenever it comes, you're going to be over-prepared. Isn't that the way you should be versus how many of you were back in 07 and 08 when the real estate markets collapsed? Next point, Julie, point number 12. Oh, this one's a killer point. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll point number 12, in- purpose is better than passion. Okay. Go ahead, back to you. 
Well, that's it, though, isn't it? Purpose is better than passion. It's okay not to love your work. Love is what comes as a result of your work that you provide to you and your family. Those of you, and I realize my entire life, Julie, I think you'll, you'll agree here, we've always been told that in order to be successful at something, you have to be passionate for it. But passion, remember we were just talking about feelings a second ago? Passion ebbs and flows. It's the nature of emotions to ebb and flow. And so if you've convinced yourself that the reason you're not more successful in life is because you don't feel passion, well, guess what? That just basically has held you down. You've not been more successful in life, maybe, because you've been thinking you had to feel passionate. I'm here to tell you guys, and study as many people and read as many books as you'd like, and you know, successful people will tell you this. There is zero chance you're going to feel passion more than maybe a half percent of the time when it comes to work. It's zero chance. Even if you're, for example, like Julie, a classical musician. She's played in orchestras. She's, you know, all kinds of stuff. But I, I promise you, if she got into an orchestra and she had to play her flute and piccolo every single day and practice every single day, even though I think outwardly she'd say she has passion for classical music, it wouldn't take too long for that to feel a heck of a lot like a job and no longer have the same feeling. Yep, <laughs> that's happened, right, Julie? Well, I've, yeah. I've known so a lot of musicians who I used to be envious of because it was their job, but then you start talking to them and they're like, oh, my gosh, it's such a grind, right? It's so... Anything that takes practice will sometimes feel that way, that it's okay not to love your work all the time, every waking hour of every day. I, don't you think that would be kind of weird if, you, if we even knew somebody like that in real estate, which I don't think I do? That would be kind of, you know, not even necessarily believable. So it's okay not to love your work all the time, every waking moment. But love the results of your work. Love what it provides for you and your family. I always remind agents that have kind of lost their way that this is the greatest gift in terms of what you can be doing, what you could be doing, versus all of your other options. You know, there's the sky's the limit for your income. So let's move on to point number 13. Talking about work, speaking of work, talking about work is not the same as work. Getting ready to get started to maybe take action when you finally feel inspired after posting your thoughts on your blog, Facebook, and Pinterest does not count as being purposeful. That's not work. It's called work because it requires effort. It's important that you understand the difference between thinking and doing. Then do something about it. It's all about inspired action. So talking about work, not the same as work. Going to an office meeting, looks like work might sound like work, sometimes not, not the same as work. So, point number 14, apologize even well, if you Julie, don't think but, you're wrong. But, go ahead, go ahead. but Julie, let's be careful on that last point. So, what, let's just make this practical like we promised, and just briefly. Those of you guys who get ready to get started, who are planning on doing something, who create your business plans, who goes to meetings and seminars, who basically go to websites and blogs and talk about your big, you know, that's not work. You guys are lying to yourselves. Work is helping people. Work is bettering your skill set so you can go out and help more people. Work is basically actually doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. And by the way, going back to the previous point, not waiting to feel passionate about whatever it is you have to do. That's work. That's real work. And that's okay. Don't be afraid of doing real work. Because on the other side of it, uh, the other side of basically taking this action, getting better at your skill set, is it becomes easy. You almost transcend all the ego things that were holding you back before, like expecting you to feel passionate all the time. That's just... You know, that's, that's all the type, those are the types of thoughts 
that are being sold to, I mean, guys, I see them everywhere. I read them everywhere. And every time I see something like that, it just always makes my skin crawl because I know there's somebody who's assuming that whatever it is that they're reading, you have to be passionate to be successful, you know, all that. I know that that's hurting people. Don't let it hurt you guys. Don't, don't assume that work is going to meetings. Work is actually talking with buyers and sellers, helping folks solve problems. That's your job. Don't lose sight of that. If you do, you're going to struggle needlessly for years and years and years. Point number 14 is apologize even if you don't think you're wrong. A proper apology consists of what went wrong, apologizing for stress or hurt feelings caused, and promising not to inflict the same pain again. And I'll give you guys a good script for that. So when you're in conflict with somebody, and unfortunately sometimes all too often in real estate for reasons we've talked about before, you know, conflict happens. Here's a simple, and by the way, I, a, a pastor told me this script <laughs> years ago. So when you offend somebody, even if you didn't mean to offend them, even if they're being overly sensitive, even if you guys get the point, say, I apologize if I offended you. It wasn't my intention. That's it. Just say that. And then, go, and then basically they'll, they'll have to essentially defuse themselves. You know, listen, I apologize if I offended you. That wasn't my intention. And then you can, you know, you can say, well, I have a lot of respect for what you've done in the community or, you know, maybe fall on your sword a little bit and kiss your butt a little bit. But, guys, don't get mired in the conflict. Avoid it. Avoid the temptation to, uh, for drama. You know, we're going to do a series of radio shows basically on never complaining. Never complaining is one of the, you know, greatest secrets to success. When you guys read these great autobiographies on people that have truly been successful, do you ever hear them complaining or do you ever hear times where they did complain? It just isn't part of it because a complaint is nothing more than a negative thought. We talked about that before and how one negative thought germinates into another and the next thing you know, you basically have a screwed up day, week, life. So keep those things in mind. So again, um, apologize even if you don't think you've done anything wrong. Keep everything on an even keel. And point number 15, Julie. Point number 15, our last and final point is forgive even if no one has apologized. Holding grudges expends energy better spent producing the results that you want instead of the feelings that you don't. Don't become an eternal victim. Forgive even if no one has apologized. Remember, the grudge holding expends energy that you may not have to give it. Wouldn't it be better used expending that same energy producing the actual results that you want instead of reveling in the feelings that you don't want. So hopefully all of these points will serve you well. We started this as a three-part series, so if you missed previous radio shows, you can get up to speed on that. And if you have any questions, you can always reach out to us. You can go to joinharris.com with any of your questions, coaching or otherwise. It is always our pleasure to help you guys out. But the main thing is, don't just say, you know what, those were really 15 crazy obvious truths that I forget too quickly. That's great. Stop forgetting them. Let's, so the let's ones go, that are let's meaningful. Make, go ahead. Let's give them some homework, Julie. Um, so let's mm-hmm. start with Julie's last point, okay, about forgiving. And this is really simple. And some of you guys are going to immediately reject what we just said, and I get that. Because in our culture nowadays, the last thing you want to do is forgive someone, especially if you feel like they've slighted you. How's that working out for you? How does that actually make you feel inside? Does that actually make you the kind of person you want to be? Does that put you in a mental, emotional state to be of service to others? Do you guys see what holding grudges does to you? It ruins you from the inside out. Now, we said forgive. We did not say forget. I'm going to say that again. You forgive people that have slighted you, but you do not forget. If you forget, you're just dumb. If you forgive, you're actually doing the best thing for you. You're being, uh, you know, essentially you're rising above the situation. 
So don't forget, though, because if you forget, that person's probably going to do it to you again and again and again. Or if you forget, you're going to essentially not have learned from the lesson. So forgive, but don't forget. Start there. How many of you guys right now are holding grudges towards people for no particular reason? Maybe you don't even remember. Why don't you just try on forgiving them? Just for a second, try that on. You know, how does it feel? Do you see how that burden goes away? But here's the interesting psychological thing that happens with ego, is if you start to try on the I forgive this person outfit, you know, mindset, you're going to feel, a lot of you, immediate resistance to that because your ego wants to have that conflict. Your ego wants to have that fight. Your ego wants to make it so you're in this state of feeling like a victim. Ask yourself rationally, what are the benefits or what benefits am I getting from carrying this weight? carrying this grudge? What are the benefits I'm getting internally from feeling this way? I'll help you shorten your curve here. The answer is absolutely nothing. You're getting absolutely no benefit to holding a grudge or feeling like a victim. So here's your homework. Maybe start there. Think about where basically you guys should be forgiving people. Don't forget, just forgive. And then go back and listen to these previous points. These are, these are tips that are, I promise you every single one of you have been exposed to these things. But a lot of times as we get older, uh, they have different meanings, don't they? I mean, if you'd heard these points 20 years ago, you would have thought different things than you're thinking now because you have this beautiful thing called life experience that's changed your perspective. Review all these thoughts. Don't allow your ego to say, oh, you've heard that before. Oh, you've heard that before. It doesn't apply to you. Or next, don't allow yourself to say that. Internalize it. Think about it. Toss it around a little bit and try to make it practical for you. Listen, guys, we will do anything for all of you guys anytime. Just ask for help. Students or non-students, just email Julie and I directly, Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or uh, Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. Anytime we can be help, of any assistance to you guys, it's always our pleasure to do so. Um, you know, this podcast, this radio show has allowed us to be in front of, you know, I think it's 112, 114,000 of you on a regular basis. And we take that responsibility seriously. We know you guys come to us because you're looking for, hey, guess what, motivation, education, but you're also looking for practical suggestions on how to take action. And, and hopefully we've delivered on that. If there's ever anything we can do for you, reach out. We're always receptive to suggestions on guests or show topics or things of that nature. We're going to talk, start talking more about the books that Julie and I are reading. We get a lot of emails about book lists. Um, actually, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to go on to our coaching uh, website, and I'm going to update our update, writing it down, <laughs> reading list. Okay, so you guys that are students can read what Julie and I are reading at the same time and um, maybe share those thoughts with your coach. In the meantime, you guys have a fantastic day. We'll talk with you on the radio tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.